Welcome to Humanize IT, where technology experts meet to discuss business strategy, industry trends, how we can make IT more personal with conversations, not presentations, and occasionally engage in a laugh or two. So we're ending the C, the uh, MSP Persona series on the CIO persona. There are there are hundreds, thousands of roles that a that a MSP leader has, from janitor to construction worker. But we're trying to contain the the core of what is CFO, CIO, CEO, and the CIO is just a interesting role because there's a lot of confusion in the MSP industry is what a CIO actually is. And it's it's because in the CIO, in the MSP world, the role's a little different than it is in the corporate world. In the corporate world, a CIO is very well defined. They have this role and it does not get confused with anything else. It's been around for a while. Of the company is there. And that is what we want to talk about today is like, because we have people who think the CIO is... This person who does business process improvement, who does um, streamlining, who talks technology. But in MSP, the CIO does things like that. They, they're they running the MSP and you call yourself a CEO, but you're actually a CIO. So the person at the top of your org chart in an MSP is almost always a CIO. Because what's happening is they're making decisions based upon technology. So are you running Proofpoint? Are you running Barracuda? Are you running uh, Lenovo or Dell? What stack are you going to adopt? And then how are you going to do process improvement within the organization? Are you going to use a PSA? Are you going to go ticketless? Are you going to do RMM? These are decisions for the head of your your MSP. And a CEO, if you remember that episode, is where we talk through what are the drive? Are you an MSP? Or are you an MSSP? Are yeah. you a candy salesman? That's a CEO. They're de- they're defining the direction of the company. So if you look at the definition of a CIO on Gartner, the chief information officer oversees people, processes, and technology when a company's organ- IT organization to ensure they deliver the outcomes that support the goals of the business. Like it. And yep. that is that last part yep. is what gets what gets lost a lot. And Skip loves to rant about that. Oh, absolutely. That, that's, that's, yeah, we'll, we'll try to hold in the reins on that one. But within the context, a little bit more on that, within the context of MSPs, uh, the role of CIO, or we like to throw CTO in there many times, and differences, all right, uh, maybe subtle, maybe not so subtle, but that role within uh, an MSP many times also gets represented as a virtual CIO. Right, because you're trying to sell the service out. But regardless of how we get to that point, there always seems to be some expectation that that role, the CIO, is a very technical person. And and I know why, because if you look back, the person in an MSP who is fulfilling that role is probably someone who started in the company or one of the founding members or something, and they came up. and And yes, they are the technical experts in a variety of things. And so today there is an expectation that if you're the CIO, you probably a technical expert in something as well. And I would say those two, there's a cause and effect. Adam's got the right terms here for it because he's more educated than I am. But just because most CIOs have a strong technical element doesn't mean that 
the technical element is required for a CIO. You, you can get there without the technical element because its job roles is not nitty gritty technical. It's business focused. Yeah. And it's, it's hard to see yourself in that role. So what, what, what Skip just said was, what is a CIO? And so it's, what, 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 remind me again, what was that phrase you just said at the end? You don't have to be technical for, for the CIO? Yes. You don't have to be technical for the CIO. So you just pissed off about 50% yes, of I did. I did. I, to, I, I know that. <laughs> this is a white for Adam Walter when I was younger. When I was younger, remember in the late 90s, we didn't have managers who were technical. We got some person who was moving up in the ranks. They were very hungry for advancement. And there was this new department called IT that got created. If you've seen the IT crowd, you know what I'm talking about. Um, that's That joke is there for a reason. She absolutely didn't even know what a mouse was, you know. But they brought in these people managers to be the head of the department. And for us in tech, it was really annoying because they they were we were constantly teaching them what these basic things were and they were ego driven enough that they're constantly pretending to know what we were talking about. Yes. And it was this cat and mouse game and we got really sick of it. So I remember when I was in my first career, my first boss was very new. They were, and I, I wanted to like, look, I, I need somebody to mentor me and to help me understand where we're going. And so there was another person in, in the department that really helped me understand and was very teachy, very mentory. And I really enjoyed them. Like, man, why isn't that guy the CIO? And it's just because they didn't exist. And so I slowly over time learned that you do not need techno technical background to be an effective CIO. In fact, technical background is a detriment to a good CIO. Because what happens is the CIO, if they're highly technical, they're sitting there looking at all of their engineers, their technicians going, they just don't do the right job. They can't learn, you know, but yes. and they don't have that mentor capacity. Uh, they, they get very frustrated because no one works as fast as they can. So they yep. end up taking the reins and doing it for them. They this get lost in the details. Boys can't learn. And then you tend to hire people exactly like you because you want people who can solve the exact problem in the exact same way you do. And you don't let people fail so that they can learn. You you failed to learn. And that, that's that's what we need as a CIO. We somebody who's able to delegate responsibility, hold people accountable without diving in every time. Now, if you do have the technical capacity and you have a good mentorship capability and you're able to drive profits with technology, now you're thinking CIO level. If you're just thinking, hey, I get my hands dirty and I can't, I can't delegate this stuff out. If I'm, if I'm constantly inserting myself into the process, you're more of an IT manager, maybe an IT, a working, so like we call them working managers. You're not really a CIO. If you're not thinking profits constantly, if you're not thinking how to drive profits and you're not trying to think of like what technology I need to help my clients solve business problems, what technology is going to help me solve my MSP's business problems and my client's business problems. If you're not thinking about that, and you're just thinking in terms of what the technology I want to use is, you're more of a working manager, which is not bad. It's just you're not a CIO. Well, and I've got I've got a great little example of this from my work history. 
So spent many years in an oil and gas company, uh, and we, we were we were one of the the big the big miners, right? We, we, were, we were one of the major players, but out of those just below there, we were a really big organization. Uh, you know, Fortune 500. We got bought for a lot of money, right? So you know, good good size organization. And there was this theme at the management level that a, a good manager can manage anything. Now, I thought it was a bit hypocritical because uh, everyone in charge of a particular oil and gas, like, you know, the, the drilling and completions, uh, the, you know, the new, new acquisitions, you know, reserves, all this had very technical people managing that. But outside of that, their approach was a good manager can manage anything. And so sure enough, as most organizations do, the management shuffle happens, right? And at a divisional level, and we were the largest division in this company, um, the divisional level, our IT manager was the same person who had been managing the safety and compliance branch of that division for years. Yeah. All right. And so as IT guys, we were all worked up. Uh, this She doesn't even know, you know, how to use a computer, you know, went on and on about all this stuff. But what I realized over time was she actually was a pretty decent manager. And it, it forced us to take the bits and bytes and the technology centric elements out of the, the, the projects we wanted to work and really position it as to, hey, this is a good thing to do because it's going to help our division out this way, or we're going to mitigate this risk. You know, we, we really had to approach her with why is it good for the business? And when we did that, she could make business decisions, you know, and approve this project or, you know, refund this one. What? And she would go to bat for us. You know, there's not money for the budget, not money in the budget for this, but this is its value. And she would go to corporate and, and get that because it wasn't about the technology and that that hurts my own feelings when I say that. Yes. <laughs> All right. It's not about the technology. It's about what you can do with it. And and that's where I wanted to make sure we 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 talked about that definition. Now let me read it again and and listen really carefully, everybody on the podcast right now. There's a word in here that is important that is different than a working manager or somebody directly in the IT. This is what you as an MSP owner want to move towards. This, this is the word that's going to differentiate you from a technical person and or a highly technical hands-on uh, IT delivery model to somewhere where you are delegating and managing the effective outcomes. So listen to the definition again with that in mind. The chief information officer oversees the people processes, and technology within a company's IT organization. Okay, so right now we're talking about a working manager. They're overseeing, they're managing, they're improving processes, tickets, looking for efficiencies. And then you have the second half of the sentence. In order to ensure they deliver outcomes that support the goals of the business. They're ensuring that this is done. I am hiring people and I am making sure the work is done. I'm making sure that it is supporting the goal of the business. The second half of the definition is the entire difference between somebody who actually gets a CIO role and somebody pretending to understand a CIO role. 
you'll see a lot of coaches and consultants and uh, models out there that will stop at the end of the first part of the sentence. They'll just say, the chief technology officer oversees the people, processes, technologies within the company's organization. They'll just stop there. And, and that is all they do. In that case, you will work on the firewall. You're making sure that firewall is put in place. You will come in and you will get involved in tickets. You will get involved in business process improvement. You're going to do all that stuff because that is where you ended. But when you think of your job and your goal, if you're a small shop and you're trying to work into a larger MSP where you have people, that delegation component is where you become a chief information officer, not just an information officer, not just somebody who's a working manager or somebody who is a highly capable engineer. That's where you move into chief role. You are delegating, you are ensuring, and you are following up and you are setting strategy to achieve business objectives. So when you look well, at your PNL, how are you improving that over time given your structure who in your organization is going to be responsible for what and how are you going to hold them accountable that is a chief information officer and this this seems like for some of you you're gonna be like oh, well that's nitpicky no this is the heart of being a leader versus being somebody who works on a team well, let me let me put it this way too i mean unless you're a really small shop right and even the small shops, you can't do it all, right? Even though you might have the skill set, there is there's no reasonable way where you can actually be the one that does everything, right? And so you you hey, have to delegate it at all. <sighs> it's just too much, right? The day <laughs> you you have to you have to delegate and you have to move this up. But this is why you know when something bad happens in we see it in news, you know, publicly traded companies and stuff like this. When something bad happens in their technology arena, the CIO gets canned, all right? Because or the CISO, or the CISO all right? Kind of depends. The, the, the CIO has learned to shift <laughs> some responsibilities there, all right? And so, because they're the ones responsible for ensuring that it happened and it should happen. And if it didn't, well, someone's coming to, you know, say, hey, who's accountable for this? And yeah. that it lands on their head sometimes. That, that accountability feature is what you really start seeing in the corporate world. Because the CEO is going to walk over to CIO and go, why isn't this happening? And immediately the CIO should have a response or say, let me look in to see where the breakdown is. Now, if they're a good CIO, they should be on the heartbeat of what's going on. So when the CEO says, hey, um, we're just not seeing our calls going through on in the uh, in the call center. For some reason, they keep dropping all the time. You said you were going to fix this by February. Why isn't it fixed? Does that mean the CIO is supposed to go on the floor and fix those phones? No. no. It could be. I mean, really, if you're shorthanded, they can come in and get their roll up their sleeves and get hands on you. But what it means is the CIO needs to devise a strategy and say, hey, I will have this VoIP issue fixed by February 15th. Is that okay, CEO? And the CEO goes, no, we have our reviews coming up from customers on February 1st. I need it fixed by January 30th or 31st. And then the CIO goes, if you want to do that, then I'm going to need more man hours. 
I need, yes. And so the CEO goes, I approve it. Whatever you need to get this done by the 31st. If I approve the man hours, are you going to have it done? And then the CIO goes, yes, I, I, we can have that done. And now he is held accountable to that. So now he walks into his department and says to his managers, we have to have this done by the 31st. I've got approval to get overtime. Um, can we do it? And uh, the directors will then say, yes, we can do this. But if they end up on February 2nd and it's not done, it's the CIO who's on the line, not the employees. Because it was a CIO who needed to ensure that everybody had the resources they needed to get the job done. The CIO promised the delivery of this solution, that this business process will be ready for the launch or for the reviews or whatever it is that's supporting the business. In an MSP, you got to do the same thing for your clients. The client has a big um, event coming up and they say, hey, we need some way to be able to sell our product on site at this conference. And your job is to ask your employees, hey, is there any way to do a kiosk or something like that? And your employees are going to come up with a solution in the ideal situation. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that's the fun part. We get to think of all those things. And your yeah, your engineers go, your brain trust goes, hey, you know what we could do? We could, and then they put together this really cool wireless solution with a bridge and it's able to go off of the Verizon network. It's very secure. And you say, okay, can you build that in time for the conference? And how much will it cost? And then they say back, it's going to cost $10,000. Um, we can have it done three days before the conference and then deliver it. Okay, what's your backup plan in case it goes over? Oh, yeah, yeah. There you go. Have it, have it and then so the CIO is going to come back to the client and say, hey, for $10,000, we can have a kiosk ready for you to go. Here's what it's going to do. Here's the behaviors. Are you okay with this? And the client says, yes. Now, you're now a lot of people think, well, that's an account manager. Yes. Part of the CIO role is, is, is a management. It, it's not just account management because in a MSP, your accounts are who are your departments. So when I was in the corporate world, I'm talking to accounting, I'm talking to marketing, I'm talking to, um, you know, the different departments that are within this company. Those are my clients in a corporate world. No different from an MSP. They've got their own budgets. They've got their own personnel. They've got their own cultures within these departments and these large corporations. When I walk into a uh, MSP client, I'm like, that is my school. They've got their own things they care about. They've got their own strategies and they got their own things that are trying to accomplish. The only difference in the corporate world is we're all working towards a similar top goal. That's what makes things easier for us. I know what the top goal is because I'm the CIO. I worked with the CEO to help design it. If you go into an MSP, everybody's working on different goals. And it's your job as a CIO to write down those business goals and make sure that their solutions align with them. That's a CIO at its core. And let me let me pivot back off your example there a little bit um, to see how that this role is a shared responsibility. We, we talk about that all the time. And yes, we've got one person that may be driving that, but this is a shared goal that we can all contribute into. So you've got a, a customer that wants to go on site to do these sales things, right? Now, roll the calendar, you know, back six months, a year or whatever, and they're needing some sort of major infrastructure upgrade, a firewall or whatever. And you get an engineer to look at that. They look at their current utilization. They look at the products that are out there and they go, they need this model of firewall, all right? This will meet all of their needs, all right? Great. 
the one model up above that could be a significant price jump. Maybe they're at the threshold of, you know, some, some breakouts or whatever. And as an account manager, you look at that and you, you sell the cheaper solution, right? This one will work. Uh, it, just being a pure sales role, maybe you're just like, I know I can close this deal. You know, we got margin. Good. But if you're able to have that longer term perspective, if you're talking with your customers, you can go in and say, I think you guys, th this one will meet your needs today. But if we go ahead and purchase this one, it's more expensive, right? But in six months, it's going to allow us to do this on-site sales deal that you guys have been talking about. Right? And so the CEO, the CF, whoever's making that financial decision looks at that and goes, wow, that's $10,000 more than what we absolutely need. But they know, hey, I've got the opportunity to generate, you know, thirty dollars or $40,000, you know, out of these on-site sales events that we're going to or whatever. That's, that's no problem at all. And understanding where technology supplements and where it empowers your customers is really, really important. Because if you wait until you get to the absolutely we need it stage, then you may be saying, yes, we, we bought that one. Now we've got to rip it out, throw it away, buy another one. So you've wasted the investment there. We've got way too much cost in it now. And, and the customer's looking at it going, you know, it's not really worth us spending all this money. Well, now, now they, they're, they're down a business opportunity. Yeah. So you really need to understand how this plays in. So speaking to some of the technical people that uh, listen to this podcast, even down at your technical role, you're, you're, you're making no aspirations or no, you know, claims that you're, you're wearing the CIO hat. You're happy to be in your technical role. That's great, but understand you empower so much in an let, organization. Let me give you guys a real life example of like where Adam Walter's mentality started shifting when it came to this stuff. Back around 2007 or so, 2007, 2008 was a big year for me. I talk about them a lot. Um, is, uh, you know, a friend of mine came up and asked me, I do photography. I, I need to find some way to sell on site because I know via my sales process, that when we walk out, when we take all these pictures of these dance studios and we don't sell on site, we are losing like 40% of our sales because those parents won't come back. Is there any way for us to sell on site? And so we looked at like the Canon, uh, you know, 5D at the time, I think it was, and what the capabilities were for it to store onto a device. And then we looked at like, okay, what are the reasons why you can't just bring in your laptops and sell on site? I said, well, because we don't have an internet connection. Okay, I can solve that problem for you. What's the next problem? Well, uh, we have no way of getting the, the, the pictures directly onto the stores. I like, well, I can create a share onto the computer that the camera's hooked up to because I've seen you hook up your, your camera to the computer before, right? It's like, yeah, it just dumps it into a folder. Okay, I can create a share that all the, all the, all the, uh, the laptops can access. I'm like, okay, okay, now we're getting somewhere. And then they're yeah. thinking, wait a minute, so we can use our software. One right after another, yeah. And it's automatically going to bring it up. I'm like, yeah, so as you're going to point the software to that shared folder. Now we need to make sure we have a high-speed connection. Like we need a gig switch between these two machines. And we need to make sure we have like SSD on that primary computer because there's going to be pulling a lot of data. And so we, I solved the technical things. 
they solved the business problems. They had this thing that they wanted to do. And yes, they increased by, they increased, I don't remember what the amount was. They started making like 10,000 more dollars per event or something like that. It was crazy. So it might've been 15,000 more dollars. And it was like the day of, like you went and your kid got pictures. And when they're done taking the pictures, you walked over to a desk and immediately here, here are the answers. Now that's normal today. Yes, that's yeah, normal yeah. today. Yes, and that's just the way normal happens. Where do you think that idea came from? Now it's everywhere. So they took this idea to a conference, like, "Hey, we're doing this," and then other people are like, "Oh, we want to do that too." And then the software vendors start thinking, "Oh, why don't we just make it simpler?" We were the first, and we did it really well. And because of that, this uh, this photography studios are getting a bunch of deals around town. Because they were able to sell immediately and get a better experience for their customers because of a technical solution we came up with. And now it's done everywhere. If you go anywhere, you just buy your you buy your photos on site because that's the instant gratification. They know if they get you in the moment while your 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 little girl, little boys all dressed up. Yeah. I want these pictures forever. You're gonna immediately buy. But two days later, when they're screaming their head off and you know they're all messy eh, those pictures don't look as cute anymore <laughs> you know so that is that is the kind of difference you can make as a cio when you start thinking business minded how does my technology empower business and then take the next step ensure that your team members your engineers your account managers all have the same mentality yes so that you don't have to be the person coming with these solutions at the time I came up with this solution, I was just an engineer. I was a very good engineer, but I was just an engineer. I was not in a leadership role at that time, but I was providing leadership results by working with people who were really good at their business. And together we formed basically a CIO. We, we, we accomplished what a CIO could. And at one moment, we did something amazing that changed like how an industry delivered their stuff. Small business changed an entire industry and delivered something awesome. It was going to happen anyways. It was an intuitive jump. But we were the first to the table and the first to prove that it could be done with cheap PCs and that were very mobile. And like they were Dell GX260s or something like that. I mean, they were nothing um, that we got off of a, off of a government auction. <laughs> you know, the, the idea, though, is that's where I started realizing what a CIO was capable of. That when you took somebody who was highly technical or understood technology or is empowered by a team that knew technology and said, hey, there's an opportunity here. Let's get our engineers thinking about a solution. How do you sell photo photographs on site? Let's get both people into the room and let me coordinate this discussion so that we can have something that is profitable that comes out of it. Because the engineers are going to walk in and fix the PC. They're going to walk in and fix the camera. They're not going to think, hey, how do we how do we do this on site? The client's going to think, hey, you know, we have this limitation. We can't sell on site. It just can't be done. But if we get that together. Yes. That's it. We can empower things that they don't know. They don't know about technology and we don't know about their business. But together, we, we can do things that neither one of us would know needed to be done and, and, and really drive the business. So yeah. kind of. To kind of recap on some of these roles, I've had this, you mentioned some of the very beginning of this about a construction worker, Adam, and it, it made me think of a yet another story. So apparently it's story time with Skip. Um, so I'm working for an MSP many years ago, and um, 
we owned our own building and we uh, we're going to we're expanding. We need more floor space. So we're remodeling the upstairs and we kind of subcontracting it out ourselves. And one afternoon, a bunch of sheetrock shows up. Right. Somebody unloads it uh, with a forklift outside and the uh, MSP owner comes out and says, all right, everybody, we, we got to get the sheetrock upstairs. All right. So this, this is a, this is a building full of nerds. OK. And of course, we've got this one guy. All right. Brilliant engineer. All right. A bit quirky. All right. Uh, but just a brilliant engineer. I really liked him. I, he's, he's a subtle reference in a lot of things I do because I, I really like him. Feel what's about to come. What's that? <laughs> I can feel what's about to come. Yeah. And so he looks at that sheetrock and says, that's not my job. <laughs> that didn't go over well. All right. And, and so in other duties as assigned people. Yes, that, that's it. And so as an MSP owner, someone driving that, you know, you, you expect, you hire your employees to do a specific job, but every once in a while, you're going to expect them to do something else. And if they give you that response of that's not my job, most of you, you're going to have to keep a lid on it, right? Because you want to explode. Right. And that's, that's a, for me, it was you know, a flash example of there are a lot of roles. There are a lot of jobs in our organizations and they need to be done. And we assign people to take charge, to do things, but we all have the opportunity to work in these various roles. We just need to understand what role we're, we're doing. All right. It's no, you're not going to carry sheetrock every day, right? This is not, you're not been demoted or, you know, Sometimes this you is just what we need to do because it meets the goal. It, it's what we needed to do. So we all came together. He got over it. We all hauled the sheetrock up, you know, took us a few minutes. Everyone was a little sweaty uh, and it's all good. But we accomplished the goal. We all we all came together to get it done. And your team needs to operate in all these roles that we've been talking about so that you can accomplish the same thing. Everyone can come together and get the job done. And I, I want to wrap that up in the same way that Skip has said, you know, like, as I say, somebody has to unplug the toilet. <laughs> That's why it calls falls on the CEO at the end of the day. He or she is responsible to ensure the delivery out of the outcomes that support the business goals. The CISO, same thing. They ensure the delivery of the outcomes that support the goals of the business. The CFO is going to do the same thing. They're going to ensure they deliver the outcomes that support the goals of the business. Every one of these chief level roles is the person that you look into, the one, one throat to choke, as Skip says, yep. to make sure that the predecessing part of that sentence gets done. The CFO is ensuring that the financials are in order. The CISO is, is, is making sure that the security and the risks are managed. They're ensuring. The CEO is making sure that the whole company is supporting the goals of the business and defining those goals. So whatever persona you're in, make sure that you're, that you're um, almost siloing that yes. information. You're switching yes. that context so that you're in that persona so you're not confused. Because if you do this little mental switch, you're going to be able to hire the right person for that role. So when you have the sales role come up that you can say, oh, here are the 16 things that are on my persona that I can hand off to the salesperson now. Mm, that, yes. Now that hat is no longer mine. I now choke them when it's not done. I don't beat or, up on or myself. Or pat their back. Yes. Their job is to ensure that these things are happening. 
And sometimes it means that you do something else, but you're going to wear a lot of hats no matter what you do. There's no clear cut definition where you can say, well, that's not my job anymore. No, you're just now saying, I now have somebody who's ensuring that it gets done and I trust them. That's what you're looking for. Are they doing it themselves? Maybe they come in for one hour a week, but your entire, um, your entire like uh, security posture is 100% accurate. Everything's running. Okay, that is an effective CISO. Yep. They don't have to be doing the pen tests. They don't have to be doing any of that stuff. They don't have to be doing billable hours. But if you're profitable and they're meeting all the goals you set for them, okay, let them work an hour a week. Because dang, that's that's you know one part of the office I don't have to air condition now. <laughs> you know, they're just that effective. So think about your personas. Get into each one. This is the longest series we've ever done. We started this back on May fifteenth. I just had to check it out. Oh wow, that's cool. So this was six weeks. You know, we've kind of been covering this with a little break in between of what does it mean to be a leader, a chief of something in your MSP and even your smaller MSPs. Yes, you are the engineer. Yes, you are the janitor. Yes, you are the CIO. Yes, you are the CISO. Are you a good one though? Are you effective at that role? Do you understand what it is? Anybody can be a CISO. You can put that stamp on your on your plate, but are you a good one? Are you a good CEO? Are you a good CIO? Do you understand the responsibilities there? And in the end, there's only one indicator that'll tell you if you're good or not. Profit margin. There you go. Yep. All right. Thank you, everyone. I uh, This has been a great series. Uh, you don't I even like know what one. I'm going to do next week, but I'll find something. <laughs> All right. I'll see everyone later. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. If you like our podcast, please subscribe, comment, and check out our Facebook page. Also encourage others who want to see IT transform to subscribe as well. We could always use your help.